the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From love in chapter 13 to the gifts in chapter 14, the resurrection in chapter 15, by the time you get to chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, you're wondering to yourself, well, just how do I live all of that out? Give me opportunities, Lord. Well, that is precisely what the Apostle Paul anticipates. So in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, we get some clear, practical direction. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno and on the web at highlands.us. We are back in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 today, a message simply called Generosity of the Saints. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton as we explore this chapter together here on Study Verse by Verse. Last week, I had the privilege of meeting with a couple of our local pastors, and I am convinced of their humility and godly spirit and dedication. And this coming year, I want us to find more ways where we can work together as churches here in the community in reaching our our San Bruno with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of those churches developed a summer literacy program to help struggling students here in San Bruno. And Through that outreach, over a dozen young people came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, I think we can partner with that church in that outreach. I think there would be many believers in our congregation that would be excited about this opportunity uh, for ministry. Highlands is part of a larger work that God is doing in the community. And through this collection in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the Apostle Paul underscored to the church at Corinth that they were part of a larger church and we truly do need each other. Now, it's been pointed out that in various letters and speeches, Paul uses no fewer than nine different words to describe this collection. Here, he calls it a legia, which means an extra collection, something which is a given above and beyond, above and beyond the tithe. Sometimes he calls it a charis, such as he does in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 3. It, it, desi- it, it, it describes a gift that is freely given, something that comes out of the overflowing heart of love. Sometimes he uses the word koinonia, such as in 2 Corinthians 8, 4. Koinonia means fellowship, and the essence of fellowship is sharing. And so it's a, a paradigm that whatever we have, we've been given by God, and we've been given it for the purpose of sharing. Sometimes he uses the word diakonia, such as in 2 Corinthians 8, 4, 9, 1. Diakonia means Christian service. The kindred word is diakonos, from which we get the word deacon. Deacons in the church do service for the church. Sometimes uh, our money can go or we can't. And so we are able to serve God where we personally can't go through our donations. He also uses the word hadrotis, which means an abundance in 2 Corinthians 8. In that passage, Paul speaks of the envoys of the church who will accompany him to guarantee that he does not misuse the abundance that he has been entrusted with. See, Paul was concerned that there be no perceptions of any evil or misuse of the funds that he'd been entrusted with. 
And that's why we as a church family are also very, very particular in how we handle funds so that there can be no accusations or perceptions of evil. Sometimes he uses the word eulogia, which means bounty. And sometimes he uses the word liturgia in 2 Corinthians 9.12. By the way, that word is very special. It was used in classical Greek uh, to describe citizens of Athens who would give of their own funds in order to support efforts that benefited the city, such as they might hire the actors for a drama that the city was going to come out with, or they might give towards a sports team that the city was going to send to the Olympics, or they might uh, fund a, a militia, the training and the tools that were necessary to protect the city from peril. But it was investing in your kingdom. And so Paul uses the term as though we're investing in our kingdom, not an earthly kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven. He also speaks of the collection as a, and I can't say this one really well, Ella Emosune. Any Greeks in the crowd? Did I do okay? Uh, that's in Acts 24, 17. That is the Greek word for alms. And the Jewish people used the same word for alms as they did for righteousness. In fact, there was a saying amongst the Jews, how can a man show that he is good except by being generous? And so our goodness and our generosity were connected. And then lastly, Paul uses the word prospora in Acts 24, 17. It's a word for sacrifice. And sometimes we give a sacrifice, and God is pleased with our sacrifice. Now, there's some principles that the Apostle Paul provides for us here in 1 Corinthians 16. The first principle is that the most appropriate period for giving is on a weekly basis. He says to give on the first day of every week. Now, the church met on the first day of every week. We still do. Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is the last day of the week. And, uh, and what Paul was teaching here is that our giving should not be spasmodic or only when we feel generous or only when the Spirit leads, but it should be on a regular, regular basis. Now, Paul here is not prescribing some kind of a legalistic requirement of parceling out our money so that every time the offering bag gets passed by us, we have something to give. Uh, that's not his point. Now, I, I did hear of a, of a pastor one time who got paid once a month, and what he would do is he would look at the schedule, he would count the number of services, he would take his tithe and divide it by that many services, he would write checks for that amount, and uh, then every time the tithe, the offering bag was passed by him, he would put one of those checks in. If he had, came to the end of the month and he had extra, he'd just stick two or three checks or whatever he had left over. And that's not what Paul is talking about here. By the way, that pastor was doing it for a noble reason. He was doing it to model uh, regular giving for his congregation. But that's not what the apostle uh, uh, Paul is talking about here. And by the way, related to this, I was asked before the first service day about online giving. We're working on that. We do have a, a system on our website where people can make donations. It's not yet set up for recurring, but uh, that's also available. The point is that on a weekly basis, we're reminded of uh, the opportunity that we have to give and support uh, the ministry of the church. We call it worship service on Sunday. Uh, Latreuo is the word in the original language. It, when it's a noun, it's translated worship. And when it's a verb, it's translated service. 
Same word, translated worship and service. And what it says is our worship in action is service. And through our service to God, we worship God. Latreuo. So the idea of us giving on a regular basis started long before recent churches. It goes back to the very beginning of the Christian church. On a weekly basis, they would take up the offering. By giving offerings weekly, it raises our sensitivity money so that it's seen as an ongoing responsibility of believers. Now, he uses the word here, each one of you, and that's all-inclusive. There's no Christian that's excused or accepted from this because every one of us are stewards of whatever the Lord has given us, no matter how great or how little that might be. You know, the Bible gives us instruction concerning every important aspect of our life, including money. It's filled, the Bible is filled with wisdom on, on how to manage it. And in the weeks to come, we're going to be announcing classes that teach about biblical money management. The knowledge uh, and wisdom contained in the Bible related to financial management is enormous. And I'll only have a chance to uh, introduce the subject today. Jesus said in Matthew six nineteen. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There are a lot of people, and some even Christians, who insist on investing in this world, but As we can see through the present economic chaos, worldly wealth is fleeting and uncertain. For those who know only this world, who live their entire lives focused on this world, it is a time of desperation and uncertainty. For those of us who know about eternity, investing in this world doesn't make any sense because we see this world passing away before our very eyes. Proverbs 23.4 says, don't wear yourselves out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Proverbs 23.4, some of us have opened our checkbooks, our savings accounts, and lo and behold, what was there has flown away like it sprouted wings. One way or another, worldly wealth will always be lost. It'll be removed from us either through theft or corruption or ultimately by death. Because no one can take the wealth this world has to offer into the next world. So it makes a lot more sense to invest in a place where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now how do we do that? How do we lay up treasure in heaven? The Bible provides us the answer. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 27, for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. So let's break down that verse, Matthew 16, 27, for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with the angels. What is that speaking of? Speaking of his second coming, right? His return. So the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then, so we're talking about the world to come, he shall reward every man, ah, that's how you get rewarded, according to his works. 
So Jesus said that our works, what we do in this life, will affect the rewards that we set aside for the life to come. Matthew 16, 27. Now the first principle to laying up treasure in heaven is understanding that God owns everything. And that we're merely stewards or managers of what God has entrusted to us. The Old Testament verse, Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. And that Old Testament theme is also mentioned throughout the New Testament, such as in 1 Corinthians 6, where we are reminded, You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. The price that was paid for us was Jesus Christ going to Calvary's cross and there dying. We have been redeemed. There are a great many hymns of the church that talk about redemption. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I don't know about you, but I love that word, that term, redeemed, redemption. What it actually means and just how important it really is will be the subject of our time tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse as we continue our journey through 1 Corinthians. To learn more, visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then join us tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.